Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. This is Stacking Pennies. All is right in the world because Ross Chastain has found himself in the middle of another scuttlebutt. We've got a great show. We're going to break all things down. Darlington today, Willie Beard getting the dub at the Lady in Black. we got some pit road boats and woes. And Chicago Street Race president, Miss Julie Geezy, joining us right here in studio. So buckle up. This is Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. That tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. I am Corey LaJoy, and this is Stacking Pennies. Darlington throwback edition, joined with the normal band of characters, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hello, how are you doing? You are wearing a multicolored Canadian tuxedo today. Yeah, denim felt, shirt. Felt very uh, Canadian. Black denims. Mm-hmm. You look like a Blake shell. That's what I'm going for. If Maybe not Blake, but you know, like that sort of like country, country stars we head to North Wilkesboro this weekend. And that brings up uh, the shirt that Ryan's wearing. Right next to me, it's a sweet. Where'd you get that thing? I got it last year at the old racetrack revival. Oh at yeah, North Wilkesboro. Yeah, that's a, that's a sweet throwback North Wilkesboro shirt. And then, same old. What would you say look like one time? A you know, walking low, low country boil. Low country boil, Jonathan Merriman. <laughs> you make me feel really low. Why? Just make fun of me all the time. I go home and cry. Hurt that's my okay. Don't be so soft. Okay. Hey, listen. Zip your boots up and let's get after it. <laughs> we, got, we got a damn show today. <laughs> Man, do, should we just get like the elephant in the room out of the way? Which elephant? The Ross Chastain yeah, situation. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on Ross's side. Uh, I think you got to let the big dog keep eating. Justin Marks doesn't think so. Yeah, because when when because like how often does the boss get on front of the mic and say, "At the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's the boss." We all got bosses, and the Chevy Campus. He's the boss. Yeah, what, what is that? The Chevy Development Center? What is it? GM Tech the Center. The GM Tech Center is on his property. On Rick Hendrick's property for a reason. Like, Justin Mark owns Trackhouse. They have a wanted poster for Ross out there right now or something? No, but look. Dead like, or alive. You know what? I, dude, I love Cliff, but I hated, like, he called Chevy out on the radio. Like, he's done this three times, Chevy. I don't like Like, it. yo. Well, you have to also think, too, like, no, Cliff's probably super pissed because the the past four races his race car has left on the hook or been severely torn. As, and Priest was pretty upset at the dirt race too. I will say this, and uh, it could be a cold take: Kyle Larson is as aggressive and puts people in as bad spots as Ross Chastain does. He's just not as brash. Well, also to that point, Kyle Larson gets the benefit of the doubt a lot because yes. of how how successful and how fast. And how, generally speaking, how like impressive he is with anything he drives. And he's de- like a no- talking to a normal human, where Ross sometimes is not. 
sometimes I wonder what's going through Ross's head. Yeah. But I think, to your point, Kyle Larson has made a living, a damn good one, by putting people in equally as compromising positions as Ross did to Kyle Sunday on the last race. In everything he races. Midgets. Like dirt cars. He anything. did it at that race. He did it to Jonathan Davenport at that dirt race. A couple race. different times. Like, but just recently before the dirt race, and he did it to Ryan Priest. So, and he I, did it to Ross before Ross did it to him. I was trying to get the full context there because somebody said that Kyle was aggravated of how tight Ross ran him a couple of restarts prior, which they never ran into each other. The one ran him tight when he was on the bottom. Ran him up in one and two, which is what you have to do to try to get a good corner exit off of two for as tight as it is. Same thing he did to Noah at Kansas. What? No, Noah? What? Dude, let's get the to same Noah. thing he did to Noah at Kansas. I mean, at Talladega? Oh, no, 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 no. Kansas. Kansas. No. Noah drove in the fence by himself. I know, but Ross Ross left him a lane. Feet. Yeah, just enough lane. space. Yeah. And, yeah. The Noah, and people talking about the Noah-Ross thing at Talladega, it was Noah's fault. On a green-white checkered at a super speedway, you don't leave the middle open. You get flushed. Yeah. So, like, that – just stop with that. That was 1,000% Noah's fault. That was a rookie mistake by a rookie driver in the Cup Series. Yeah. Done. Like Fast forward to Kansas, rookie mistake by a rookie driver with that instance, and then it – That was – I, th- I felt like that was 50-50, I but I don't drive it. Ross or, – or Noah tried to roll into his regular quarter and stand out there when he was in okay. the back spot. I okay, because I, I just saw the back half where they were already side by side. No, no, okay. tried rolling out there and staying out there when he was in the, the a bad arrow spot. But there's a lot of areas, there's a lot of layers to this, like an onion, right? Because I've been saying this: if Ross doesn't wreck Brennan Poole at, at Dover and collect coincidentally the same guy he got into it with this week, I think you can almost chalk it up as a racing deal. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, but he did, right? So now Ross finds himself in a position where he's making a lot of withdrawals out of that account. Yep. Withdrawals every week. Give me that money. Give me that money. Give me that spot. If you're not putting any credits in that thing, you're going to get to the playoffs and you're going to get raced like Kyle raced them those last couple of restarts. Driving your left rear on your door. The restart right before the shoe was on the other foot and they swapped lanes. Larson – when they started wrecking behind him, Larson drove him right in the fence. In the fence. Straight in the, in the fence. fence. Hood flaps on the one car were in the air. Just drove him right in the fence. So hang on a second. So before we dial up Chevy, before we start yelling at Eric Warren to come intervene in this thing, yeah, it wasn't a one-sided deal. There was tough and borderline dirty racing on both sides before the outcome of which Ross was full commit, like you said, when he got out of the media center. And it ended up with both of them in the fence. Whoever wins that, you said it. Whoever, Whoever comes off turn two at the leads, that wins, wins the race. race. And the five, it looked like the five was ready to get put in the fence. So he kind of like hooked a left onto his quarter a little bit, like crowded Just him. enough to straighten him up. It wasn't, what Ross did wasn't as bad as what the 19 did to the 22. Dude, you're going for the lead. I have a question. You got to go. At, at throwback race at Darlington. Go for it. And Big also, Ross, Ro, even though he's a points leader, he doesn't have a win yet. So nothing's guaranteed. So people always talked about Newman not giving an inch, and and what what's the difference in how Newman raced people versus versus Ross? Because I don't remember people being that pissed off all the time at Newman. Man, that was a couple decades ago when he was you know on the front row of a last rate restart, right? Because I think people started getting more aggravated with Newman as he was running for tenth 
and 15th more often. We're, getting, just we're being, going a lap down. We're going a lap down, just harder to pass. So I think that there's – I don't think it's a comparable – I think scenario. the I Newman – Like, go ahead. Like, when they were mad at Newman, it was like the racing was much different. Like, oh, he put it on my door. Right. Right? Because you would get loose. Now it's like, hey, he stuck me in the fence or he wrecked me. Mm-hmm. Like so, the the no now it's just now it's just a rite of passage to just anybody you get around. It's on your door, like yeah. I think he had a, I mean, racing back there, we missed it by about four percent of arrow load, which that goes to show. I'll, I'll just recap my day briefly. We, man, I told myself to be full commit in qualifying because qualifying position is so important there. We fired off in the first group which was a green racetrack so i think we got a little bit of a false reading of how much speed we had in our car i thought we were like a 20th place car on speed on average and i told myself going into qualifying you got to commit to the throttle in one and two because there you go it's a lot of time to be had up the hill and out of two and my commit was about four inches too much of what grip the car had and i got into the fence a little bit uh flat sided it and just killed our lap um so we selected a fixed tow link, start tail into the field, and we we were I don't know we had a little too much rear downforce built into it, and went down two laps in the first stage like boom boom. And by at that point in time, once you're two down, you're buried. The 19 was hauling ass too. Dude, hauling ass. And over the court, I've never changed tow during the race before as an actual change, but we like took the left front tire off and just changed tow. Didn't make it any better, but we at least swung at it. Did but you have we, to move your steering wheel? We, no, I didn't move it. I just kept it the same as turned it a little bit. But the difference between our car being tighter than hell and towards the end of the race, I felt like we were, we could have been a 10th to 15th place car was a round out of the left front and two in the right rear just to, to change the arrow pitch from left front high, right rear low to get it flattened out a little bit. The sun changed at the end of the race too. Yeah, it got, it got freer. The track did for sure. But I thought even, it got even, tighter at the end. It all depends on your balance. It depends on your right? balance, yeah. Because it depends on your aero balance. Because if, yeah. if the track gains some grip and you need some front turn, you'll get it with cooler temps. But um, you the the box now is so small to hit that if you start off with your aero platform or your wedge and you, it takes you a couple stops to get it to where the balance is good, you're already behind the eight ball. So that's what happened to us this weekend. Uh, the truck was just terrible. I, I really was down in the dumps about that how we just were slow off the truck, slow qualifying, never took two spring rubbers out of left rear, raised track bar an inch. So it was the tightest thing you've ever driven in your life? Bar none. <laughs> no. I mean, I've driven snow plows that turn better than that son of a bitch. Holy cow. So that was that was unfortunate because we had some high expectations going there. Didn't pan out. You got the race bubba pretty hard there. You got, yeah. you got in the mix at the end. Got in the mix at the end just because we had a sh- couple of short restarts and I was able to like kind of – get my elbows out and be a be a to some of the kids that don't really do you feel like they're like how much of a difference is there racing those guys compared to racing the cup guys like can you the guys aren't that i maybe it's a combination of of drivers not using their mirrors is like an advantage or spotters aren't as good well i guess a lot of the spotters are the same but a lot of darts without feathers when you get from like twelfth on back. Like you don't trust putting it on somebody's quarter. No, but but those trucks also get freer oh, you'll, when you're you'll, on somebody's quarter for right? sure. But a lot of guys just run kind of in the middle of the racetrack and a bit inconsistent. And uh, but was there anybody that you were back there that you're like, damn, this kid's actually pretty good? C- Caden Honeycutt. Caden Honeycutt. Uh, he was pretty good. 
Yeah, good for him. Good yeah. for you, Caden Hudikut. Carson Hosevar, Bubba and I were talking about uh, this on Sunday morning, who was probably the toughest and probably the least respectful guy to race with. It would be him. And he also would throw the bird to every single person he passed. Like Carson Hosevar? Yeah. So <laughs> well, who uh, Michael Annette <laughs> Michael Annette tweeted out something about he needed to get punched in the face or something. And I wonder what he did to piss Michael Annette off. I don't he's know. Been doing on the couch that playing. just kind of came out of it. Where does that guy well, I mean, that that like, come from? If you don't take Mike Harmon up on the Applebee's invitation, can you really talk about punching Carson Hosevar in the face? Michael Annette was a hockey player. He's got hockey temper. Comes out of left field, too. Nobody's heard of him. And then he's you know, <laughs> talking smack on social media. Love to see it. But I, I feel like we digress from the Ross Chastain stuff. Why do we do that? Because you were Talking recapping your Newman. Newman. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, you got, my did you get the race against Newman? Oh, I did get the race against Newman. Um, I think he got a bit tired and hot. Yep, and then he wrecked. And, his, and he has his damn ISP seat. He said it was digging into his ribs. Oh, yeah. Come get a good seat, buddy. We'll get he said he had in. fun. Yeah. I mean, so that was also an adjustment for him. I think you, I raced around him the beginning part of the race. So this stuff was driving okay. and, and He'd not driven a next-gen before. He either. hadn't driven a next-gen car before. On restarts, it was like the swarm. Yeah. Yeah, but after a couple, you could see him kind of get settled in and like put his car where you would expect somebody of his caliber to be able to get settled in. So I think, did he spin out, hit anything, or just spun out? Spun out, hit the fence. Okay, that'll do it. Yeah. I had one take on the Larson uh, Chastain thing that just struck me as, in my head, as they're sliding on the track, which – I timed it out was about 15 seconds after uh, like yeah, yeah. with with Larson <laughs> talk about a snowplow yeah yeah but I just imagine Larson standing there like double or not sitting there double birding him as they're just sliding down uh, uh, yeah he pushed him the whole way I mean it, it it was a solid 15 seconds before the one came off of the the nose of the fire well they said it on the ones radio he's like well he's pushing you right now <laughs> obviously Ross that, knew that that yeah. reminds me of a, of a of a time I was running an Arca race at Kansas. Stanton running Barrett. second. No, it was, what was uh, Legacy Scott, Scott Legacy. Legacy yes, and I catch him. We were so much faster than he was. Catch him for the lead. Come off turn two, and I just like kind of drove in his left rear, like got him loose, and spun him out. And we both like kind of like turned and hooked my left front, and we both hit the fence. He backs it in the fence, and I right front it in the fence, and our cars were stuck together, and my nose was right at his window dent. And the whole time he's looking out the window like this, <laughs> giving you the finger, like this the whole time. And we were stuck yeah. for like a minute as we slide down. He's just like this the whole time, and I was just like, "It's like, do you think?" <laughs> sorry, like, is Larson sorry. like yelling at him the whole time? I, like, I mean, said. like that, those are the types of things that like I always wonder about in when you're in a long, prolonged like something like that. Like, what's going through your head? I remember with that deal, you go, "Damn it!" I remember that Scott Legacy deal. You go, "I can see the." whites of his eyes the whole time just staring at me <laughs> like his I, eyes were came through the window neck because like it was like perfectly where he just like one eye was in one hole one eye was in the other oh hole. god and i was like god my dad's gonna be so pissed which <laughs> oh, he was oh my god what was he calling you there what did he say 40 f-ing laps or something oh yeah oh yeah well yeah. talk about big ran one of the 75 greatest drivers that was pretty cool he was walking with some pep in his step buddy it was uh those guys did it really cool 
NASCAR did a great job, I think, honoring those guys. Cousin Carl came back, showed his face. It was How cool. was he in the booth? He was good in the booth. He was fishing for a Goodyear sponsorship the whole time he was there. But he was, <laughs> well, he probably needed some tires for he his was, tractor. That's that's what he was saying. He was like, oh, man, Goodyear. Somebody said something about, you know, hey, four tires work better than eight going in these corners. And he was like, not if they're Goodyears. <laughs> not, yeah. not, not if they're Goodyears. They work pretty good. <laughs> I wonder, I, I heard some rumblings that he was kind of hard to get there. Like he didn't want to come back. That's not shocking. If you if you go off to, you know, farm, I mean, that you don't is, want to come back. I mean, you know? wasn't he, hard to get Randy back. He enjoyed. No. Well, he likes it. Yeah, he, he likes it. Carl, in you could tell Carl enjoyed being there and being on that broadcast. Yeah. And so Clint was badgering him. You gonna come back? You gonna do any of this? You gonna do any of this? He's like, well, I might do some sim work and this, that, and the other. Ooh, I, I think the doors open. The I mean, it's cracked. It's so, not locked. No, it's not locked. Carl was always good on the broadcast, though. He's always he's good behind the wheel too. Yeah, that too. But I mean, like away, huh? When you go away. It seemed to me like he was one of the ones that when he went away, he was done. Yeah. And you yeah. can't, you, you shut that door, you lock it, you throw away the key, and you're done with it. But now it's like, yeah, maybe I'll unlock it and look back in there. Yeah, so see what's going on. It's, there. T- it's, dude, when you leave and you come back, it's like, it's almost like crack. <laughs> like, yeah. These guys, like, you I can't, can't tell stop you, it. I can't tell you how many people have left the sport, like, from a working standpoint. Why do you think that is? And been like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get a I real mean, job. There are this. worse things to get paid to do than no, a drive in no, circles and then talk about it. It does. I mean, a NASCAR season can take a lot out of you. Yeah. And it like, if you're not fully committed to it, yeah. like it's going to wear on you. Yeah. And like those folks, like there is something that got everybody there to begin with. There's that passion for it that got them there to begin with. And you may burn out, but there's still that passion. And then when you come back, that, lights that flame it becomes you know your life and it becomes your purpose and then when you leave that you have to find something else do you know what the worst possible feeling ever is when you go on a deep championship run and you don't win like he did twice yeah right like when you make it the homestead and you're gonna win championship you watch when the it checkered right flag is when the checkered flag falls everything you just did to get to that is done and it's okay you got to start back at zero and that is like I can only imagine what it's like for a driver because just as a team guy, like for my small part that I do for the team, it's like, <sighs> you know, yeah. damn it. And then you're like, man, I got to get back. I got to get back on this horse in another month and a half. Yeah. And like, I don't even, you're mentally, emotionally, everything drained. And the, like, the way that he did it, one in the 99 against the 14, 2011, sorry. And then with 19, with Joey. And that was his last year, right? That was yeah. that wreck, and he got out of the car, and he never yeah. came back. I mean, yeah. there's that shot of him, like, getting out of the car and walking. Walking to Todd Gordon. Yeah. Like, climbed over the pit job. box. Yeah. Deuces. I mean, look, <laughs> Carl Carl blocked himself into that wreck. Yeah. Yeah, he Big caused time. it. He knows he did. He said sorry, didn't he? Yep. Got me going for it. But, yeah, that's, man, that's nice to know the doors cracked back open. I just, dude, this sport's a- so much different than it was then. It's so crazy to think. It is. I mean, a lot of stuff stayed the same. A lot of stuff's different, for sure. I didn't uh, realize he said it on the broadcast that he had never stage raced. Like, that, That to me, was like, wait, that wasn't that long ago. That Like, it was just a couple of years ago that Carl left. And then when you think about it, it's like, seven, oh. Seven, maybe? 20, 2016 was the last year. Yeah. yeah. Stage racing. We've been doing it for a while, and he had God, never done it. like for seven years yeah, already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I'm was close. one of those, like, gut check moments of, yeah. oh. Yeah. Still still looks like he did when he came in, though. Does Doesn't just even. like Superman. Nobody looks chiseled, more chiseled. of the same than Casey Kane. He looks exactly the same. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool guys on that list, man. Got to spend some time with Donnie Allison. 
during the Darlington Parade on Saturday night. Got to talk with him. Ernie Irvin, Bobby Labonte, uh, Biffle, um, underrated guy for sure. How much of that stuff did you go with your dad to? Like, did you kind of like follow him around? Just there, kinda... were, there were multiple things they asked me to do. There's like a couple Q and A's, and actually, I kind of turned it down because I didn't want that to I, like I didn't yeah. want to take away or be a part of that because. You know, him and I do, do plenty of stuff together, um, but I wanted him to be on stage with the Jeff Bodines and the Ron Horner days. Like, those guys, let those guys soak in that moment. He deserved it. I don't want to be, like, a distraction. So I wanted to give Big Ran his, like, five minutes fame or, or whatever. I mean, my man's on a list that you can't be taken out of, and something cool that NASCAR gave those guys as gifts is, did you see the the black box that they gave all those guys? So no. they gave a super cool – The metal metal box with like a engraved 75 with a diamond on it and then you open it up and it's uh had like a saying engraved on it it says uh time will never forget you and it gave you old school stopwatch with your name and the diamond engraved on it and i'm like uh, that's, cool. that's pretty, that's pretty sick. sick that's nice yeah that's cool that that's for everybody that was bitching that the die cast car wasn't cool enough they got a stopwatch for the main model <laughs> yep, too. By got, God. Yep. That was uh no, just the, just the amount of recognition those guys got. And there's this is coming from Randy too, so take it with a grain of salt. It's probably sixty percent accurate, forty percent folktale. There was an un, unnamed driver that walked past all the seventy five guys and never shook a hand or acknowledged him. Really? Yeah. I feel like if you, you did that, you should just be like Leonidas kicked off the stage into the sea of fans and then just stomp stomped on. Huh. Maybe that's Made up. We can probably pull a tape, Chuck. Pull up the pit road cameras, and let's confirm that because I got to know. On your weekend, do you ha, is has Darlington like ever been a track that has like been kind to you, or has it always kind of been a? Well, it's always a. That's why it's called too tough to take. But like, but have you? I feel like it's one of your tougher tracks. Like where I go, like when we go to Dover, I know that that's one of your better tracks. No, I've ran good there the last three years. The lot. Darlington, I hit, yeah, I you drove did in run. the fence. I oh, you were running up front. Time. Yeah, we were running like eighth, and I drove it right in the fence. Out of okay. Two. And then we were running like 13th, the second race, and drove right in the fence again. So we just weren't fast enough to drive in the fence this time. No, just just slow. Just slow. Um, but, but like attrition got you a 24th place finish where. Yeah, we'd have ran legitimately 32nd all day, which would not have been good. But um, now we go to North Wilkesboro. No points on the line, no nothing. Excited about that. Dude, the place looks great. I saw some videos of some super late models riding around there today. It looks, it oh, looks freaking dude. Sweet. How about the Xfinity finish? Unbelievable. Yeah. Before we get too far off reservation, if Ross Chastain was in the ten car, they'd be mad at him. For sure. That's a that's my point, right? Yeah. Like since it's Larson, it's like, hey man, it's just hard racing. Yeah. I I, I thought like looking at it at first, I thought he drove down. I didn't realize that uh, he bounced. Kind of that he bounced out. like he used the wall at Darlington. Like the old school guys were like. You hit out the of wall, four? you go faster. Out of four? I or mean, that. W- so in the olden days, it would have been yeah, two, two. Yeah. But here it's like he came off of off of four and like bounced off the wall and into um, – So they got when they got – when you get to the middle of three and four in the last lap, no matter where you are – I mean, if you race for the lead like that, yeah. he just committed, I'm flooring it. Yeah. Like I'm going to roll to the throttle here. And from like the three-quarter mark of the corner to finish corner – the way it's like the way the sun beats on that corner or something, it's just a literally a four wheel drift. So he hit that with some wheel in it and just plowed the fence and yeah. just didn't lift. The twenty got in his left rear. It was a super cool finish. Is that the same thing that happened to the one or the nineteen? Like because the one I drove. I couldn't in. figure that out. Did the, the one, one drove get it tight in deep behind the ninety nine? 
the one he did, but the one drove it in deep already, and he was going to hit the wall even if the nineteen wasn't there. Then the nineteen drove in even deeper and drove into his tire. I don't. Ross was trying not to lap the ninety nine. Oh, team teammates. He was oh, trying not. Oh. Yeah, so that's why I didn't turn under him. But it was just kind yeah. of like a weird. And then I don't know what was Trek supposed to do. <clears throat> not spin Probably out. Not driving. To just <laughs> take the second place points and was that in the last lap of a stage? Yes, yep. it was stage finish. Ah, <laughs> so yeah. And then one thing leads to another, right? Truex gets buried in track position and gets caught up in the crash. And he came back. I mean, he put himself in position. At the end, he was running third or well, something. He gets, with Joey. he gets caught up in that crash, and then that crash ended up retiring the ninety-nine that the one didn't lap. So you it's know, like a, it's like a circle. If hindsight's twenty-twenty, yeah. he just passed. I mean, he would have got the dog. Yeah, it's like a circle. Yeah, but it's a big deal if you if you stand late lap or if you don't if you get the For dog. Because sure. if you get the dog, you're behind all the lap down. You're the last car on the that is a big deal. The track. So just watching back the end of the Xfinity race again, and that it, it whole was, last lap was, was just freaking off side man. by side. I didn't think he was going to get there, but Larson's line through one and two man is so much different. Now he put I say so much different. Year. Only like two or three guys in Xfinity race would run the line that Larson ran on Saturday, but it seemed like twenty five guys were running that line on Sunday in the one, in the one, like through one and two. Right, you open it way up. You back the corner up, and then you can get through like the half mark much faster because you're not turning across the rubber. I mean, I was running it, running 26, and it seems like the gains, all the cup guys are sitting there watching Kyle Larson eat guys up through that corner. Then they just start applying it for Sunday. Yeah. And that advantage is there for Larson because he runs it a little bit better than everybody. Denny was also one of the ones previously, a couple years ago, he ran it to perfection Tyler Reddick runs it pretty well as well but through SMT and simulator work man like 20 guys 25 guys can figure it out and get their car balanced to run that same line and now the advantage is taken away so to that same end and looking ahead to North Wilkesboro we're preparing to do a which you can watch on NASCAR's YouTube Thursday night I don't know what time but it'll be after the hauler parade Kyle Petty and Kim Coon are going to watch back the last race at North Wilkesboro 8 p.m. 8 p.m. on NASCAR's YouTube you watch Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt in that. They're running two different lines at that track, and like Jeff's like seeing what Dale's doing, and then he makes the pass later on. So that same type of thing. But for a track that cup cars haven't been on since 1996, like can you even watch that race and learn anything from it, or is it all going to be whatever you figure out in practice? And like, how how how, how do you figure out a track like that? I don't know, Chuck. We're going to find out. Um, That's a good thing. You'll watch it, though. Yeah, I will go back and watch, like, a little bit of that race and see which how the – you can see where the rubber lays down and kind of where if guys start really rolling the bottom and hooking the line and getting straight launches. Uh, or if a second lane comes in or a third lane comes in, but the track's going to be so abrasive. I, I wonder and I question if it's going to almost be past the point of, like, aged like a fine wine. It's going to be just – completely worn out and the cars are going to be going so slow and just slipping sliding around that you don't get a lot of guys passing each other because it's hard to get your literally weight moving without the tire spinning but such a cool thing that that marcus smith and the entire smi group have resurrected north wilkesboro does that it would be does that open you up to use chrome horn a little bit if you're if you're going that much slower so it's going to just take less of the chrome horn to move somebody out of the way it's going to take just a little, little finesse <laughs> yeah and because with if the track's got a lot of grip, you go to somewhere like a Richmond or a Martinsville, you're on concrete in Martinsville in the corners, and the tires are making a lot of grip. You have to freaking pound somebody 
just to get them up out of the groove. When you're already on the verge of breaking traction, like at a Richmond or now Wilkesboro, all it's going to take is a little bit of a to get the car, get the tires past the point of slip. So you might see that. Something else pretty cool this week, Corey, aside from Wilkesboro, the Giveathon that the NASCAR Foundation and NASCAR are putting on that uh, runs from Tuesday when we're filming the show all the way till Friday. Some opportunities for for fans to to give some money and one of one of your sponsors is also involved yeah so it's super cool that nascar foundation uh, has recognized they're going to support nigu as one of their 800 charities so in honor of nascar's 75th anniversary they're holding a 75 hour giveathon so nigu who's on my car for six races is featured as one of them so guys go check it out team nigu supports kids fighting cancer and you can help by donating 27 bucks to send a joy jar a 64 ounce plastic jar filled with fun and age-appropriate toys to send to some really brave kids who are going through it i've been personally delivering these joy jars to uh, some pediatric cancer centers when we go uh, with nigu on the card it's been super impactful and you meet a lot of cool kiddos but the in the impact that you guys are going to make by donating 27 bucks you don't even know how impactful that is. So you can donate anytime through this Friday, the 19th at 8 PM. Just go to NASCAR day, org and search Nigu. That's N E G U. And then join me in supporting the NASCAR foundation and team Nigu by donating 27 bucks between now and Friday guys do it. It's a give a thon, give to some kids in need. We'll appreciate it. Tune in right after this for the all-star pit road shootout. Right for this. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Pit road boats and woes this weekend. Had a couple. Which ones were the biggest woes of the weekend? Uh, there was a... The 43s was probably the biggest woe of the weekend. Yeah. And that sucker didn't even have any damage. He wrecked like six cars, and he just kept on trucking, put a tire on. Yeah. yeah. It took a 42 out, so it was a double whammy. Yeah. Um, so that that stinks for them. And it was a big wreck, man. It's just the consequences of making mistakes and leaving wheels loose on pit road are pretty dire for everybody. And then uh, I think we just – I had one. I had, I lost my first nut out of my gun that I've lost. All, uh, How does that happen? It just falls out. I came off the left front crooked and it just fell to my lap. Hmm. I put it back on first stop. And then like, man, it's just so tight. So, um, so yeah, that sucked. But there was like, I was just thinking about it. There was a so stop does, at the end of stage So does a nut come two. off whenever you pull off? If you pull off crooked, if your O-ring's too soft. I think there was a couple that fell out this weekend. The four car lost one. Do you um, put a new O-ring in every week? Uh, no. It depends on that. Well, it. like the heat will change, you know, how soft or hard that is. So. And what's it do? Just like roll down pit road? It depends on when it comes off. Like sometimes if it's still spinning and you pull it off too soon and it's still kind of 
unwinding or you know unthreading itself it'll like hit the ground and take off this one it was already stopped spinning i pulled the tire and it just kind of popped just kind of popped out and fell into my lap and i just grabbed one off my belt and put it on um how much speed does that or time does that cost second i mean it can cost two it can cost five yeah you know it just depends on how prepared you are and kind of the situation for it. the 23 the, the five car early had a right side jack leak down the middle stop that was like a 13.5 it set them back quite a bit the 23 had a little bit of like a slower right rear exchange. It really wasn't that bad. It just kind of was just maybe like a half second to a second slower than what it had been. It looked like Hartman kind of drug the fender on the way out on his right rear pull. Jackman came back and dropped it, thought he was done, and he wasn't. So I had to come run back around, jack it up. And they lost a bunch of track position. 24 had two slow stops, but, yeah, man, even their slow stops, they're still pretty good. They're really strong right now. As a team, and the five car, you know, rebounded with, I think, maybe the fastest stop of the year. I think they might have knocked your guys off the top of the board. Oh, really? For the overall season? For the overall, well, just for the fastest stop of the year. Oh, really? Yeah, but, like, man, I was thinking about it. It's so important because, like, the end of stage two, we got to, like, ninth, and we came in right behind the four car. The four car gained two, and I had a rough right front where I couldn't get my gun engaged, and we lost three. And then he got like a good lane on the restart and we didn't. And then he was like fifth and we were 15th. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was like, just that is so important. That's why it's so important to just retain your position or anything you can gain just moves you up a lane. Mm -hmm. And if someone, you know, misses, misses it in the turn one, you're not behind that riffraff. And it's, you know, what propelled the the four car to go on to finish second and kind of what's had us stuck, you know, in, eighth you know eighth ninth the rest of the day so it's just those little things that really don't show up as much that you know can change that can be so impactful on your day so we are going to north wilkesboro with a combination of a pit crew competition while also qualifying for the open and the all-star key races yeah which i didn't even there there hasn't been like a ton of information and there wasn't a ton of information last year uh, when we went to Texas and kind of did the heads up thing until we got there. I didn't even know that the open cars were qualifying until today with pit stop qualifying, which is really cool. So what it'll be is you'll be, there'll be two, there'll be two pit stalls set up and it's basically one box behind you and one box in front of you. The timing starts when the car crosses the line of the, you're pretty much your jump line. And then it'll end when it crosses the line of the box that's in front of you. So there's a little bit of the driver in there. But it's a lot of the pit crew. And yeah, man, it's just, it's such a crapshoot right now. Like, I don't even, I was, I called a couple people that I know that with really high, you know, pit crew IQs. Said, hey, who do you think the favorites are? And it's just like, there's teams that if they win, you won't be surprised, but it's really anybody's. What do you think? Anybody's. How fast of a stop's going to take to win it? I think it'll be an eight. Yeah. I think it'll be like an eight, seven. So no fuel, man? Fuel, the gas man's going to be there. They just wanted him involved, so he's just going to plug in an empty can. Okay. So, um, which is a big deal because, like, the gas man needs to be able to kick the left rear to get it back to the wall. So, that'll be good. But, yeah, it's, um, I wish he could pull tires still. Yeah. That was a fun part, you know, back in the day. But it's always kind of been tough, even when we were doing it at Charlotte with no pit road speed. That was badass. Well, yeah, but it was, but it wasn't for the pit crew because like you yeah. have to wait till the car stops before you can jump off the wall and then right. you do the left side first. It was never really like a pit crew competition. 
Yeah. It was like, okay, who's going to outsmart the other guy and yeah. get to pit road faster? This is like straight like up old school Rockingham. You know, when you go back and watch like Kirk Shelmerdine, Junkyard Dogs and those guys, like that's what this is. Like who's going to do the best pit stop? Let's, let's see who, uh, let's see, you know, who, who brings their best to the table. And when I'm thinking of favorites, right, like your guys have been really fast, but it's like they're, some of them are kind of young. So it's like, okay, I'd like to see what happens when, when the bright lights are on them. Um, every Hendrick team has just been so solid. They also make mistakes just like everybody else. Uh, how do they know? How are they going to check wheel torque before and after? Before, it's I think NASCAR is going to put a torque wrench on there, and it's got to be at 600 at least. And then after, they're going to check to make sure it's at least 300. And, so if, you, and if it's not, is there a five-second two, two penalty? Two-second penalty yeah, per, per wheel. Per yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'm very interested. Like, There's guys like the two-car and the 43 who's – guys are you know jackman and changer are suspended right now so they're going to be backup guys you know jack in and changing tires on them and it's just going to be very interesting to watch so they can't they can't compete even though it's not points paying can't compete this is one of the ones i mean it's the gift and the curse is they count this one as a suspension race so, so you, they get them back for they get them back for the 600 which is nice yeah so the, yes they are suspended for this race that's kind of been like a a talking point like does this need to count does it not but if i'm a if i'm a team guy i want this one to count for um sure. if i'm a picker guy i don't because i want to be competing in it but when i look at favorites right hendrick's obviously been the top dogs any one of them can win but then you look at th the three car has thrown up some fast pit stops the ones the, always there. the ones the one kills them with consistency so that's where, like, th I think this is going to take all-out speed, but the one car and the 99 has, l like, laid down a heater in Kansas, like, big time. Then I look at Storhaus, the 14 and the 4. The 4 is always really good, and the 14, you know, end of the year, the fastest team of the year. I go to Gibbs, and they've kind of been shuffling a lot of people around, but the 54 car always pops up some fast stops. Uh, the, the 12 and the 22, you know, a really fast, you know, our team and, and the 22 out of Penske. So what does the winning team get besides a good starting position? I Trophy? have no idea. Gold pit gun? No, I don't. We powder coat the gold pit guns, and we did one for Indy, but not for North Wilkesboro. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't oh, know there was what, some, what uh, we win. Let's just talk about this right now before I forget. There was some Twitter some Ooh, Twitter what, takes on little the quarrel. little quarrel on the trophy. The all-star distiller. I kind of like it. It's unique. How big is it? I have no idea how big it is. It looked large in the picture, but that could be deceiving. Like, is it like a big enough to fit in this table? Say, what's that sort of like it next to it, people? It looks like it actually works. They should give Somebody a said full it's blown. cool, but if you use it, it's a, it's a felony. <laughs> <laughs> they, they pulled it off uh, the, the back lot on uh, Junior Johnson's old farm. Probably. So it might be yeah. a working still. Probably is working still for sure. What Do you like it? I don't love it. I, I think it's a nice piece of art, but I don't think it's a all-star winning trophy. Now, I don't agree with the take that a Martinsville clock that hurt me is not a trophy. That, hurt, that tweet hurt me. I guess you could go down the road and buy a Ridgeway. But you didn't win it. You still you bought it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I think they should give you the still, but you should also get like a retro, like old school cup trophy. With a wood base? Yeah. Oh, now you want... No, I'm just saying like, here's the trophy, but your prize for winning, like... is. 
New Hampshire. I think this still is the lobster just the trophy, or is there a race trophy? There's a race trophy. There's a race trophy. Race trophy, and then like yeah. the signature thing. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's probably good. I think the still should be incorporated in the trophy. Yeah. Like I like Part I would be cool thing. if it was on a base with a with a cup on it. I have to imagine what if you want a million joke? bucks, you really don't give a shit what the no. trophy looks like anymore. Uh, I don't know. I think well, you I can mean, actually you, do. you can take the million dollars and take the still, go to the scrap recycle, pawn it off for the copper money. Yep. Then you have a million dollars and like three hundred bucks. Yeah. So I mean, who's you're eating good in the neighborhood <laughs> after that, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, what's the open trophy look like? You gonna win it? I hope they don't give you anything. Just like a ticket into you, the show. You have an opportunity. Yeah, you have an opportunity to win the still and a million bucks. Uh, which reminds me, go vote for me, please, this week. All I'm asking. Uh, I think I got a good shot to make it through the Open. But if I don't, by some happen happenstance chance that I don't make it through the Open, you can help me. You can give me the fan vote, and I would really appreciate that. That's all I got for that. I've been fan voting every day you've uh, mentioned it on the podcast. Don't bullshit me. I have been. You've been I voting have. for B.J. McLeod because he I gave a banger been. of an interview last week. I got more text for B.J. McLeod being on the podcast than I did for Richard Petty. B.J. McLeod, stud. I, I might have him back next week. Yeah. Dude, his racing IQ is really high. I just want to see what more of a shoes collection he's got. Uh, Talking about guests, though, we've got Julie Geezy, president of Chicago Street Race. She's been waiting in the wings for a little while, so let's get her on the show. I know we're talking about going to North Wilkesboro this weekend, but we have a lot of good things and exciting things for the sport coming up, and she is holding the reins of one of the largest events we've got going on this year, July 4th weekend, over at Chicago Street Course. Let's get her on the show, Miss Julie Giese. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. All right, guys, very special guest. And I've been looking forward to sitting down and talking to who I like to call NASCAR's secret weapon. Have you ever been told that? No. So the more I read up on you and the more I see how NASCAR positions you and all these cool experiments and projects, you're the person. You're the person they go to. So Julie Giese, president of Chicago Street Race, mm -hmm. essentially the brains and the hands and boots on the ground in downtown Chicago, making this thing go. How's it going? It's good. How much sleep have you lost? Well, see, I'm... I'm blessed because I don't need a lot of sleep. So I grew up on a dairy farm and you get up really early. So I'm a, I'm, I'm good. I only need a few hours and I'm good to go. That's, that's good stuff. Cause I'm sure that business though is you have what, two weeks like to go build the entire racetrack, but even 
less than that in some areas of the racetrack. So what are some of the biggest hurdles with just setting up the venue that you guys are still going to have to tackle before we get there? So for us, it's just making sure that we're minimizing those disruptions. Obviously, we're racing in downtown Chicago, uh, in and around Grant Park. DuSable Lakeshore Drive, Michigan Avenue are part of the course, and those are major thoroughfares on a daily basis. So we've worked really hard with the city to try to keep that window as tight as possible, knowing that people still do need to be able to get to work and do what they need to do around the city. So we do, um, I mean, most of the street closures you won't see come in really until the week before the race or week leading into the race. We'll start setting up the barriers around June 17th and the curb lanes, but those full closures really don't, um, the majority of them won't happen until like the 25th, 26th. Where did the idea of this come from? So I think from, you know, we've talked about street racing, I think for years on just what, what can we do? In July of 2021, we did the iRacing Pro Invitational with the virtual Chicago street course. Corey we were able was to- so bad. I, I wasn't think, gonna bring it up. Oh, it's atrocious! It happened at my house. It was, and he tried to blame my. I'm glad you, It was my. He said it was I'm my glad, fault. I'm glad you did bring that up. Matter of fact, because I probably raced it for an hour and 15 minutes, and I got really good at like the first three corners because that was really the only three that I could make it through. Mm-hmm. I never even got to the last corner, like he was, once. He was doing good in the race, and you wrecked Ryan Newman or something. I did. Yeah. It was tough. It's a tough way to go. Hopefully, the history doesn't like repeat itself in practicing? real life. Uh, I haven't practiced one time. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So I should be pretty good. Well, be real go to turn four. Let's just one, at, one yeah, turn a, at a time. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to back up a little bit. Before this whole Chicago street race got put on your plate, you were put in Daytona for the $400 million renovation project that they did down there, which Daytona is now, I don't know what we call it, the premier prestige marketplace we go to right nascar's backyard you had a hand on that and then they send you out to phoenix and was an 80 million dollar renovation project there 180 million 180 rounding error sorry Mm -hmm. about that why do you think it is that nascar said hey julie uh you're going to our next project good luck let us know how it goes Uh, i don't know i mean i think it's uh, i raise my hand a lot as well i i love a challenge i mean i love blank sheets of paper and being able to create something from from scratch and taking key lessons that we've learned from different projects and what we hear from our fans and from the industry and from the market that we're in and kind of creating like a new experience. And so, you know, Daytona, honestly, like I fell into that role because I was overseeing marketing there and we were getting ready and doing this project. And there was just a lot of decisions that needed to be made and was able to work with a design and development team and kind of help them bridge the gap between what we were doing at the track and what they were building and creating. And that led to the role in Phoenix. Really in Phoenix, I was a translator. Like that's like, I was the the, the person helping the design and construction people speak racetrack and helping the racetrack people speak what design is, and construction. What does speak racetrack sound like? Well, it's, um, it's a lot of logistics. It's, um, it's, you know, we got to move people around or we've got to, like, we need gates here. Um, it's, it's a lot of the tactical things that I think when you go to a track, you just take for granted on how you're moving around and what the, what the path of travel is and, you know, how do you reinvent the fan experience like Phoenix, the way we did that infield with the access into the garages, victory lane is like my favorite victory lane because it's just it's crazy it's so much fun and you know for that it was just elevating taking what makes our sport so great the access and taking it up a notch so what's harder 
re redeveloping a racetrack from fall race to spring race, or is it going to be harder to build a racetrack on the streets of Chicago in two weeks? What, which one's more challenging? You know, they all have their uniquenesses. I think the difference that I'm learning specifically with Chicago is like in Phoenix or in Daytona, like if we wanted to test something out or put up a, a building or a tent or whatever it was, like it was our property to be able to maneuver around and, and work through those logistics. Obviously in Chicago, it's a city park and it's a park that's used by residents and visitors like year round. And so um, just working through that and making sure we're being mindful of that and, and really doing right by the park. I mean, that park is, the more time I spend in it, it's it's very special. And the location, there's not going to be a better location, in my opinion, for, for this race with the skyline, the lakefront, the fountain, like the, the spring has sprung in Chicago right now and it's beautiful. And like come summertime, it's going to be amazing. Where's the bean relative to the racetrack? The bean is just on the north end of the racetrack. Really? So yes, actually you're going to turn probably just a couple blocks before the bean. So okay. the bean is kind of right in around. So when you get to the bean, take a left. Yeah. Give or take. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times the word just fan experience, right? And this is essentially the first time NASCAR has been on a street course, maybe in the modern era, call it the first time pretty much ever that you guys are taking on this type of event. What can fans expect to see different than what they normally would see at like a Watkins Glen where that was your first job in NASCAR versus the entertainment piece that they're going to have on hand at Chicago as well? We're really trying to think about this event differently from a festival perspective. And it's a two-day racing music festival. You have the races. Um, you have four concerts. So Saturday, and the way we've done it is just not post-race concerts. We've really trying to kind of create this really fun run of show. So Saturday, you'll have practice and qualifying. Then you have the Black Crows, which will lead into the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. And then we go into the Chainsmokers to close out the night. And then Sunday, with the, the later start time, about 4.30, uh, we'll have Charlie Crockett and Miranda Lambert leading into the NASCAR Cup Series race. And then really, like when you go around the park, like we're really trying to like wrap it into Chicago. So food and culture, we've got a 200 foot mural that a bunch of students over at After School Matters are putting together that really blends just everything that's great about racing with Chicago. It's going to be on display. We've got a free area that for anybody. So we want people from Chicago. If you don't have a ticket, but still want to be part of it, you can come on out, be part of, of that experience. So I think you're still going to see some of the things that you are used to, like we wanted to make sure we have something for everyone. So our avid longtime race fans, you've got reserved seats and some of the things that they're probably used to on an event weekend, but making sure we've got some new elements, concerts, and different things around the fountain as well that appeal to new fans. So multi-year contract here at Chicago, and I'm sure you're going to learn some things from this year and apply it to years to come. But when this thing works and you iron it out, how could the street race concept be taken to other markets and which ones do you think are prime to potentially host a street course? It's a great question. I mean, I think we definitely understand that if, when we prove this, that it can work, that it does open a ton of opportunities. And I know uh, the NASCAR leadership team has talked about a lot of different markets. And I think that's the thing that we see, you know, you're not going to, people aren't just you know, building new racetracks any day um, right now. So if we're going to continue to go into new markets, whether it's the north, the northwest, or um, 
to me, once we can, once we show this, it, it opens a tremendous amount of doors on different things that we can do and new markets we can go to. What sort of, I, I guess, like lobbyist or like government hurdles are there that you didn't anticipate? Ooh, that's a good question. Is it, a, is it a union city? It is. So you have to have union laborers mm-hmm. do all the work? Yep. So... Yeah, I, I think for us, and that's what I learned my last four years in Phoenix, and it has really helped me in Chicago, is just working with the different city departments um, and, you know, putting on events like this. I think um, for us, it's, you know, coordination with, I mean, it's there's so many different meetings um, in different departments in, in these planning events that we have. The thing I'd say about Chicago is they know how to put on big events. I mean, they've got so many big events throughout the year. They're working us into a routine that they're very used to. And so for us, it was really just helping them understand what it is that we do, how our event is different. And I think, you know, we want to make sure we're putting the best foot forward for the city of Chicago. I mean, they're jumping in as well. So um, we want to make sure that come July 1st and 2nd, like city of Chicago is just absolutely showcased for how great it is. What are the hard things that you think of that like you wouldn't have thought when you took this? Like one thing that comes to my mind is like welding down the sword drain tops, like stuff like that. That's, you know, very important. So I don't know, like what, what bumps in the road have you hit that? Or like, huh, I didn't think that would be an issue. Pun intended. Pun there are actual bumps Yo, in the Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, I know. There there might be. There's been some street work repairs, but not across the board. Like, it's not all of the entire course. And again, I, I think um, for me, just the, the biggest thing is is just understanding the process and knowing, again, that it's, it's, a, it's a city park. And it is something that we... Um, take very seriously and like as we're building things and being mindful of access to the park while the build is going on because again this is a park that residents use as like their front yard um and so that's been something i've i've worked hard to just learn and understand um from our different counterparts at the city on on that process i mean again you talk about tapping down different um manhole covers and all those types of things um we've got a great design and construction team that knows all that stuff in and out and have been really great resources for me. And it's a team I worked with for a couple of years when we worked on um, Phoenix. So it's kind of like we got the band back together a little bit. Love that. One question I get a lot because I'm an active pit crew guy is what is, what pit road is going to look like. So maybe explain what that's going to look like. And then on the second part of that, like if you have any help in designing that, like maybe after the show, give me some pointers on where I should pick, like where there's a spot with no manhole covers or maybe it doesn't go downhill. Got it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, coming out of turn. Tell me two- first. No, don't tell and me. And then okay. tell him the second. <clears throat> we'll see. Um, <laughs> uh, the entry into Pit Road is basically right after turn 12. And um, the way that that's, you know, you'll have the sidewalks, which is really kind of um, that that back of the wall area. And we'll, yeah. we'll be putting in the jump wall, of course. And what's really cool, not so much, I mean, you guys will do your thing, but right behind it, we've got a two-story um, paddock club experience. It's actually cool. built above a tree line. So you have Columbus, and then you have the jump wall on Columbus, and then um, the sidewalks. And then right behind it, we've got um, the, the paddock club, which will be a pretty cool view, not only of Pit Road, but the lake and the fountain. Oh, and- I love that. So the fans who are excited to go check out some Chicago, what are some of your favorite things? You've lived there now for, what, about a year? 
Six months. Six months. Mm-hmm. Okay, half a year. Yep. What are some of your favorite things to do in Chicago while somebody comes in town for the race? Well, you can't beat the food scene in the city of Chicago. Not a big Chicago deep dish pizza oh, guy, no. nerd. Oh, but there's so many other, like there's a lot of options. Okay. You can, like there are a lot of pizza options. Uh, okay. okay. Um, a lot. Okay. Yeah, look, um, I don't love deep dish either, but you have to embrace, when in Rome, man. Doesn't a Chicago it. dog have a pickle on it? Oh, I don't know. Love that if they do. Yeah, it's a big pickle guy. He drinks oh, pickle juice. Big pickle. Straight guy. out the jar. Mm. Yep, yeah, love it. Love it. I had no idea. Good to know. Now you know. Mm. Now you know. Yep. Okay. Pickles. But for the fans who, a lot of food spots in Chicago, for the fans who don't have their tickets yet but still are interested in going, how can they go find them? NASCARChicago.com is the best option just to see what, what we have available. Again, we have really something for everybody. The President's Paddock Club, if you want an all-inclusive, just start to finish amazing experience and then you know we have some reserve seats we have some reserve seats with hospitality and then we have that general admission ticket too which again i started at a road course i i love being able to just walk around check out the race from different vantage points see what's happening Um, and that general admission ticket will allow that all of the tickets are two-day tickets and includes the races and the concerts so you don't have to like one off okay i want to go to the concert or i've got to buy this ticket like it's all inclusive um from start to finish so nascarchicago.com to check those out but you're not a newbie to stacking pennies you've been on here before mm-hmm. but i don't think i've asked you the three questions that i ask every other guest and you're no different okay if you had to i'm going to change the question up for you because 98 percent of the time it's a driver sitting next to me the question is generally if you had to race one car and one racetrack the rest of your life, what do you go with? But I'm going to ask you, if you had to build a racetrack and the market you would put it, where would you where would you do it? Ooh. Could be oval, could be road course, could be street course. Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. Because you've worked everywhere. You've worked at a true road course. You've worked now at a street course. You've worked at Speedway in Daytona and you've worked at Phoenix so you kind of got mm-hmm. kind of got it all figured yeah. out got to know see my operational mind is going to think about like where can I do this but um I I I I like road courses okay um so I'm going to build a road course let's see where would I like to build a road course I mean are we talking the United States no it's your, it's your answer hmm I mean Cape Town ooh Mm. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would be sweet. I'm going to steal that part of your answer. I like that. This was a good combo. Yeah. Corey. Yeah. Road um, course. How'd you know that? Cape, I don't know. Oh, that would be kind of fun. Sh- well, hey, because you've heard some Cape Town. You've heard some nuggets. I've heard Brazil. I've heard it. Who knows? I th- and I can show you. Geography. Cape Town and Brazil are pretty far apart. Uh, unless are I'm they? missing something. South- well, one's South America, one's, one's Africa. South Africa, yeah, so it's different continent. So I don't know which one it is, but still probably the same latitude line, just different. There you go. Just different longitudinal line. I'm with you. I don't know, man. That's why I drive <laughs> race cars. We're going with it. That's why you pit, <laughs> I drive, and she <laughs> makes the yeah, race she, yeah, she, yep. So what is in, what's the uh, Rio de Janeiro? That's what I was thinking about. Mm, but you're going to, you're stuck. Cape Town, though. Okay, yeah. you're going to Cape Town. I'm going Cape Town. Have you been there? No. And they had a they have a mile and a half track in South Africa. Do you remember when, like Mark Davis, Tiff Daniels, everybody went over there and raced? Yep, but that's mm-hmm. not the answer she said. So we're no, not I know. Talk I was just off. It was an ASA race. Question number two. Okay. What's the most embarrassed you've ever been at a racetrack? Um, that's an easy one for me. Daytona. It was a shootout, and pre-race is part of what I work mm-hmm. on. And we were getting well. We, they were giving the command to start engines, and it was when Budweiser was still a partner, and they had 
the dog and like there were people we were trying to get the guests into the grand marshal cars and you know you have five minutes to like get all this done between the anthem and the command did the dog take a no i walked oh. right in front of the camera during the command <laughs> oh. so all you saw was my head while the poor guy was giving the command and oh. um yeah i i totally ruined his moment and i'm like oh my goodness is that why budweiser left the sport oh no i'm, oh. I'm sure it had nothing to do with that <laughs> Last question. Okay. Thank you for sharing that embarrassing moment with us. If you had to lose all your racing memories and keep one, what do you keep? Oh, that's easy. My very first race that I went to, which was at Elkhart Lake, Road America. Okay. Um, Christian Fittipaldi won the race. It was an open wheel race, actually. Um, like Champ Car? What was Champ it? Car, okay. yeah. Cart. Cart. Something like that. Um, How old were you? I was in high school, maybe. Yeah. My brother and I, so my brother was a grew up he was an open wheel fan i grew up a nascar fan so we we'd go to michigan for the nascar fix for me and then we'd go to elkhart lake road america for cart open wheel with him and the first one we went to was fun i had never been and we ended up like in victory lane that's cool and christian won the race christian's become a good friend of mine and it's just kind of crazy like full circle like thinking back at that moment the race fan that that's what's cool that's why you're privy to road courses starting that's to all true. come together yeah, yeah absolutely well julie thank you for jumping on podcast i know you have so much going on right now i wish you guys well and good luck and you are the absolute right person for the job for taking nascar to chicago so guys make sure you get your tickets if you haven't already nascarchicago.com she's going to have this thing running on all eight cylinders we go there in july first and second be there We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks, Miss Julie, for stopping by. Super excited to get to Chicago for that street race here in only a couple weeks. So make sure you go get your tickets, nascarchicago.com. And since Janie's gone, we have to resort to the next best option, chalk. What kind of penny for your thoughts we got? We got a couple this week. Uh, first one is from Chris Roberge, 94. Mm. It looks like Roberge. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Roberge. Okay. Because I like that. He says, hey, Corey Lejoie. Uh, ice cold blue mountain take right here, but I feel like Ross Jastain has taken over the role of Kyle Bush once had at least as, as least favorable by the fans. What do you boys think? No, Hashtag. he got booed this week. He did get booed, but you also have to think that Kyle Larson had the affinity of the fans cause he won the Xfinity race and then he wrecks them. Right. So I, I'm be curious to, to hear Ross's introduction cheers versus booze. It's probably 70% booze, 30% cheers. I laughed there at There are his, a lot of Car Kyle Larson fans out there. I laughed at his media center interview, by the way. Somebody, they were like, well, he's still out there. He was talking about Larson, and he's like, I'm in here. He's still out there. Maybe chuckle. Did you yeah. – Like, I, I just 
I think that also he could help himself out a little bit more with his post-race interviews. I don't know what that looks like. or I think, you know what? I everybody because <laughs> everybody wants somebody with, we need somebody to come in here and ruffle feathers. We need somebody with some personality. We need somebody to do all this. Then there, we got them. And they're like, I don't like now him. we need him to change. This is just out of hand. Yeah. Be you, man. They'll just let him. He's day, a, he is Florida man. Yeah. He is Cup Series Florida man. <laughs> this, I, and I, I fully believe this. Stuff on track will work itself out, and it, it will be a non-issue in a year. It's not an issue now. I, I but it. I mean, like, week so in and week people. out, we're not going to be saying, oh, Ross Chastain Ch- Ch- yeah. did it again. But to his other point about this, about Kyle Busch uh, being the least favorable, did you hear during the announcement of the 75 drivers Denny was announced right before Kyle on that stage. Denny got more booze than Kyle did. And the look on Kyle's face when he got less booze was kind of like, aha, really? it's not me this time. Really? Yeah. I wonder, well, okay, so Denny Hamlin wrecks Kyle Larson last week. Quote, unquote, wrecks, right? Just rattles cage a little yeah. bit, got the win. Yeah. Kyle Busch is also racing for Richard Childress. He's yeah. extremely popular. Yeah, it is and a little different, and he hasn't really had – a run-in with anybody. He's been out of the news. Like, other than winning races, he's kind of been out of the news. And he's just he's just like, yeah, man. I'm Like, he got mad at Ross a couple of times. Yeah. Crazy thing that happened this weekend. They were talking him into, like, hey, man, don't let the one car, don't don't let him bait you in any, making any mistakes here. Like, Ross is in everybody's head, dude. Rent-free, bro. Hey. I love, love it. You love to the see it. The rent is free. And guess what? If I'm Rick Hendrick, I'm bitching about him. Yeah. Because, like, what, wait a minute. Who is this guy? Yeah, Come from here. the Flexio car that's driving a car that has my motors in it that is giving us a run for our money, leading the points, and wrecking my I don't heard, like it. I don't like it. I wouldn't I don't like it either. Yeah. I heard an interview with Humpy Wheeler this week. They were talking about some stuff with uh, Mech Deck Day, which is coming up on Saturday. Um, I don't know what this commercial is. Google it. You, but anyway, Humpy Wheeler was involved with a thing back in the day, and in, it involved him getting in the papers for this thing that he was doing back in 1975 for not great reasons. But he said, you know what? It's the best thing could have happened to us because they're talking about us. Yeah, they are talking a lot. One thing I wanted to give you guys a little pop quiz, and who do you think that Rick was referring to when he said, now, Dale Earnhardt Sr. told me, Oh, absolutely, Jeff Gordon. No. No. You don't Tim think Richmond. so? Tim Richmond. Tim Richmond. 100%. Well, well, why would he I, mention him by know, I don't. It wasn't Jeff Gordon. It wasn't Jeff no, Gordon. Because Jeff, Jeff Gordon, Gordon always had it himself. figured out right away. Yeah. He, he said that he's – so. He's got a lot of speed, and he just don't know how to race. He just don't know how to race. Yeah. And, yeah, it was – It was. It was I'm Tim sure Richmond. it was Tim Richmond. For sure. Next penny for your thoughts question. Okay. This comes from RJB14911. Yep, that's a lot of numbers. Anyway, fourteen ninety eleven. No, one four nine eleven. Shoot it. Yeah. Question for both of you. Let's say Darlington is your first time at Fight Club. You have to fight. Who are you fighting? Andrew Lackey, Gasman on the two car. All right. <laughs> no, Did like you take I him? no the hell no, but I'll punch him. <laughs> uh, you've, gotten you've gotten to a lot more fights than I have. No, I have not. Yeah, you have. I don't fight at like. Never gotten in a fight at the, race, at the cup I'm, track. Yeah, but you've gotten. Growing one up. fight would be 100% more fights. Than I've, I've never been in a fight besides punching Brandon McReynolds in the face. That wasn't even a fight, though. <laughs> Jumping on that guy's car. Yeah. At the oh, at the Snow Derby. Derby. Yeah, and breaking his air cleaner off. That's not a fight, though. That's um, just me pouting and stomping like a three-year-old child. You've gotten into more, like, almost, almost fights, um, I'd say. Who would I fight? Drivers? I don't it know. just says, who would you fight? Anybody. Probably yeah. fight you. 
I'll punch you right in the nuts. <laughs> you yeah, would dirty. fight dirty. <laughs> yes. Bite my ear off. I grew up in a junkyard in New Jersey. Um, dog. I don't like. He's a I, you know dog. I would probably fight. Would probably the one pit crew because I just like talking crap to them about kickball, which I'm getting fired up for kickball. Dude, T minus. I don't know. Whatever it is. Six months away. We are gonna do a fan team. I gotta figure out some sort of like Ooh. social media sweepstakes type thing. Love that. I, uh, Scott Creel, Creel, uh, Creel Brothers Industry down in Louisiana. They're sponsoring a team, the Field Fillers. No so, way. Yeah, so we're going to do the Field Fillers team because everybody asks all the time, hey, I want to play in kickball, I want to play in kickball. Well, we have a team for you, but, Chuck, we have to figure out a way. You can put Brad on that team? Keselowski? No, nope. yeah. dude, we need no, to do we, tryout no, videos. separate. Tryout videos. That's what I was thinking. Yes. So start. Getting your kickball tryout videos sent. We're going to probably make a hashtag next week. We'll put some thought behind it as to why you should be a field filler. Oh, Sean, we got to make a – we have to make a promotional video we'll for make a sometime promotion this week. For sure. So stay tuned for that as to how you can become a field filler and playing kickball. Uh, penny stack of the week, I got a little jammed up. I got a question. Why would you change the penny stack of the week twice? So this is how I do it. I'd, what happened to Mike and Brittany? I don't know. So <laughs> shout out to Mike and Brittany, Penny Stackers of the Week. They were Penny Stackers of the Week on Friday. Found another couple, Jamie and Nicole. They had a Corey the Joy flag down the main row there at Darlington. Listen every week. Jamie's a cop, protecting and serving. Listen to Stacking Pennies in his patrol car. Where's his wife? Uh, not McBee. No, hopefully not McBee. He's yeah. stacking parolees. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's in McBee, man, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, business is booming. Yeah, he's <laughs> down there. His wife said they listen to it when they go to bed. Huh? Said Merriman puts them to sleep. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and ice cold takes. So yeah. shout out to Jamie and Nicole, and also Mike and Brittany. Shout yeah, out to them from too. Fort Mill. From Fort Mill. Did you meet them on the drive down? I don't remember where. You said like you said it like when you were driving down on Friday. You sent that. Did you meet him like at the taco or not at uh, the, the, the peach, peach place? taco? Yeah, did you go get you one of them peach no, things? No, I did not. Been the only thing to change my weekend around. Didn't Dude, I? I went to Myrtle Beach and we passed so many of those general stores on the way down there and then back to Darlington and back again. We kind of commuted. What, what general stores? Like the one like where we get the peach cobbler. Oh no, that's a that's McLeod Farms. Yes, but there's more than no. There's not. yes, there is. No, there's only one. There's only one McLeod there. Farm. You went to Bucky's too. Like shout out to Bucky's. And the real Bucky was there. What? Was he? He was walking Bucky? around. Did he see a shadow? He oh, took a picture with my daughter. Either. Let's just get this thing over with, please. Yeah. But before we do that, keep firing over your hashtag Penny for your thoughts on Twitter. Like, download, share, rate, review, all the things. Tune in to Spare Change because it is All-Star Sunday at the resurrected North Wilkesboro Speedway. A lot of great things going on in NASCAR. I'm going to try to make my way into the All-Star Race. And if I don't, on my own driving abilities, you can also vote me in. I would take that as well. I'm not picky. Appreciate you guys. And uh, this was Stacking Pennies. Hope you have a great day. Goodbye. <laughs>